Hey everyone, before we start the show, I just wanted to make quick mention and take a moment to dedicate this episode to the memory of local racer and friend to all of us, Jim Boyle. Uh, he was a self-made guy who started racing later than usual in life, but he was one who could make up for it quickly. Starting out in Super X cars at Waterford, he won the 2012 championship. From there, he moved on to Street Stocks, the short-lived Street Stock Tour, and he purchased a truck to race at the Exit Realty Pro Truck Series. And he found success in all of them. And success wasn't typical. It was actually pretty special because, sure, Jim won on short tracks, but he also won everywhere else. He won on the Thompson Road Course, becoming one of the only three people to have won on Thompson's two current tracks, including Nick Maniatis and Sean Monahan. I was in that Northeast Street Stock Tour race, filling in for my brother that day, actually. And it was epic to watch after I had broken his car and dropped out of the race. Uh, he won at New Hampshire Motor Speedway in his truck. Longtime listeners will remember us using him as a long-running bit of Did Jim Boyle Win After Tech? Which I loved that bit. That was a great bit. I loved that, that was, bit. It was, it it was, was so was, consistent, too. It was consistent and relevant. <laughs> I think he won like two or three times after Tech. And he made a habit of it because he was the fastest legal truck. It was just the way it worked out. He even won on dirt, of all things. Jim was a surprisingly good driver for how late he entered the fray in the Northeast short track racing community. But he even earned the respect of his peers down south when he would attend the New Year's Bash at Dillon Motor Speedway. He was one of the pioneers from the north to head south and challenge the boys from the Mid-Atlantic Street Stocks. And heck, even we would go with them and try our hand at something new. Yeah. Uh, Jim Boyle also was, he loved Dunkin' Donuts coffee. <laughs> and he drove, and it, down south, uh, it's not as, they're not as well as attested to Dunkin' Donuts as we are. We are rather spoiled by that. Yeah, they're not as common south. Yeah, so he he actually, he wouldn't drink the hotel coffee. He drove <laughs> 30, 35 minutes away and then came back for one cup of coffee, which yep. I don't blame him for one bit because yep. of, <laughs> <the> hotel coffee <laughs> is disgusting. <laughs> and Jim was fast there as well. Uh, he would qualify for the races without having to go through the B main, and he would have strong showings. And when he passed, even those guys down south made mention of it on their group pages. Uh, when, uh, but even more than his performance on track, Jim was a friend to all. Whether it was driving that 30 minutes to find a Duncan, I wrote it down in my notes, yep. in South Carolina for his large hot 7-7, seven and seven, a helping hand, friendly advice, pack of reds, maybe, a, maybe some harsh truths here and there, he could dish out all of it. When we wanted to try our hand at racing New Hampshire Motor Speedway in our street stock, he was one of the first to lend a hand. Uh, he when he offered us as many tires as we could possibly take, and he made sure that we got practice. Boyle Home Improvement still adorns the side of Jesse's race car to this day. He might have yeah, he been didn't even want nothing for it either. No, he wanted nothing. He just handed them over. Even some were sticker tires. I mean, I mean, you know, who didn't Jim Boyle help? You know, it's the list is very long. It's yeah. he's helped a lot. Uh, let's see here. He might have been an overlooked part of the over, of the local scene, but he was still a big part of it to those who got to know him, and he'll be sorely missed by all who will remember him. I genuinely hope there's racetracks in heaven because we have a lot of people to meet up with when we get there. Jim Boyle, father, husband, 
grandfather, racer, and friend, died at just 55 years old. And we send our condolences out I to all it. of his family, friends, yeah. and even his acquaintances. Yeah. 55, I hate that. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us on the line yet again is Florida Connection, Florida Senator Phil Jakes. Where are you? Crank that. I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. Did he say soggy? Need somebody and always. Always, huh? This sick, strange darkness comes creeping on, so haunting Look at every Fibin. time. With the scowl. I don't think he is. No, when your head shakes side to side, that's not vibing. That's a scowl. Catching things and eating their insides. Indecision to call you. This is like D minus performance. Okay, let's give him a rating. Wait, wait, we might have a hook here. Don't waste your time on me. One hundred one thousand subscribers, Brent. What? How the hell does he do that? People like to watch train wrecks. I got four hundred and five, and this Joker has one hundred and one thousand, and he sucks. He sounds like a New Jersey first grader who never got rid of his lisp. <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> Don't waste your time on me. <laughs> I'm soggy. So, 3.1? That's high. Wow. I'm going to. That's not high. That's it's high for that. <laughs> that one's. No, it, that's just, I mean, it gets a lot for the effort because it wasn't bad overall. The The approach wasn't bad. The execution was terrible. He should have been executed. <laughs> <laughs> Terribly. It sounded like a cat being executed. <laughs> Oh, like I said, it was cute when Miley Kid had a lisp, but that was when he was a toddler trying to learn how to talk. He doesn't have that anymore. Or it sounded like the raccoon I hit at 70 miles an hour the other day. What? <laughs> it it made an audible pop. Oh, good. Did you have to wash the underbody like... of the truck off? I went directly to the car wash. Oh, Jesus. Automated, or do you have to do it by hand? Oh, I let the guys that were standing there scrub the outside for me. Oh, you got to get underneath. It's it's going to be all in your wheel wells. I'm surprised they didn't call the cops. Well, it's got, it's got under <laughs> undercarriage wash and all that. Oh, all right. You're all good then. It's a nice one. It's like $30 for a car wash. Oh, the hell with that. That's bullshit. Anyway. It's like a disco party inside. So we usually start our episodes off with personal updates, and uh, Phil just filled you in on his weekend. He spent his killing raccoons and other innocent animals. So- He's trying to get back from Auburndale. What were you doing there? Uh, not, not racing because for some damn reason, uh, there's reasons I can't talk about. 
Uh, Are there? SRL Sportsman Series and Citrus County Speedway canceled the event on Saturday, so we had nowhere to race this weekend. Why they so, do that? There's a financial dispute, I guess, is going on, and then ownership has kind of migrated, we'll say, hmm. internally. Okay. So it's just that uh, I don't want to get people in trouble because there's stuff I know that I probably shouldn't know. Sounds like a hostile takeover. It, it's not a good situation. Who the hell are you uh, going to get a in lot trouble? Of people, there's <laughs> a lot of people that are really worried about what's going on there right now. So, Well, stay tuned for this <sighs> one. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, That's Jesus Christ. Sounds I like, mean, the uh, st- stability of that track is literally why I moved where I moved. I'm 35 minutes from the place, and uh, if that place goes away, I lose my home base. Well, so, then you have to come home. You have to come. I home. mean, <laughs> that thought might have crossed my mind momentarily the other day when the news came out. I was like, man. Hmm. If it was only like this every winter up there. If you came back home, I wouldn't have to play the song. Yeah, <laughs> we only started when you left. The only way to get rid of it is to not. Is to come back. <laughs> Everybody's like, please move back north. We don't want to see you at the tracks, but please move back north so we don't have to listen to the song. We've heard this hundreds of times. Yeah. That's... No, but I, I spent Saturday down at Auburndale uh, crewing. Uh, Tim Sozio was driving Daniel Webster's other 33 super late model, and Daniel brought his super late model down. So we had two supers down there, and it was a good night. I'm considering the possibility of maybe taking my car down there next week. I've got to find some crew help, and I've got to find someone to go pick me out tires on Friday because for some reason, for local shows, we've decided to start doing tire impounds don't get me started on how much that pisses me off it's not out of the realm of norm i mean it's people have been doing it's that a, for a while isn't that what the, it's a limited late model class like eh. then we have to I do was, that in dylan for street stocks yes we did yeah I, I, and those yeah, are that's used a tires. big event with a lot of cars this is a weekly 50 lap show I guess getting tires tested costs a lot of money. <laughs> Maybe or they should actually just actually punching the tires and doing tech. I got an I got a better idea. Just let people soak tires and run a durometer rule. There, fixed it. Bad for the environment. No, it's not. That's a lie. It's Florida. The environment doesn't exist except down south where they've all killed it. No, Florida is all environment. There's every environment. It's like Australia, the jungle, uh it's it's North America's lungs because it's the most warm place down there. It's Australia. It is Brazil. It is yeah. It was eighty seven here today. What see, was it there? The Congo fifty. I don't know. It wasn't bad. It's not I had, bad. I had the doors open. We were fifty. It wasn't bad at all. Yeah, I had the doors open in the shop, mm-hmm. and I was doing a really poor job of welding. But I don't want to cut Phil's story off. No, no more. Not much left in the story. Just. Might run next weekend. We'll see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, we're really good at the stay tuned thing because I'd I'd mentioned something about stay tuned, and that's not happening now. So, yeah, don't stay tuned anymore. I probably won't. That was a few episodes ago. Got to stay in the garage where it belongs. But anyway, uh, let's see. I I guess I can go into what I was doing. I have not been able to get into the shop until literally today 
due to gastric distress or whatever the hell I had going on. It was horrible. If you gave me the option of, do you want to vomit or go to the bathroom 25 times, I would take the first option because this was awful. So there, there's your uh, TMI update so far. But Marshall anyway. Pruitt said on his podcast he had some kind of stomach virus where he was on the toilet for about 12, 14 hours for a day. That was me. Yeah, it was some kind of norovirus or something. I thought norovirus is when you puke a lot. I don't or, know. Or it's, I, I couldn't, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was some kind of virus that made you sit on the john for all day long. And T- it's repulse food. Again, TMI. And try um, to turn yourself inside out. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Uh, I TMI alert. Did you have to quit? Did you have to not go into work? I actually Fuck. went. How'd you stay on the. I don't know. Jesus. Doggy bags. I know. Uh, no, I wasn't puking. Uh, like I said, if I was, I would have preferred that because it would have gotten over with quicker. It's the. It's the. Did rain, you have a bumper dumper? Uh, no, but we just use the tubs and line them with the parcel bags. Yeah, the rain bags. And you go in the back and just kind of caveman it. What, you don't think i never done that? <laughs> hey, you know, you can always take some of those uh, third-class mail and just, you know, UBB. Ah, they're stuff. harsh. They're harsh. You got to bring, I bring a roll of toilet paper with me just because it's a much more convenient tissue. You know, it gets cold out. You get cold nose. You'd use tissues. But then again, emergencies happen. So again, TMI, 20 times in two days, 20, I was in the bathroom. So that's a new record. 14 of those were in one day. I was keeping track because I was so bored not being able to eat or do anything that I was like, well, we got to do something. So you anyway. a whiteboard inside? Uh, actually, I was texting numbers to my wife every time. It's a good way to keep track. Your I didn't have poor to. wife. I'm like, hey, number seven. Oh, number nine. You missed one. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Number 14. It's like 5 a.m. <laughs> I would rather prep for a colonoscopy than do that again. No, you wouldn't. I have before. <laughs> it's only one night. This was three. You yeah. can still eat. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, if I don't eat, then this would go away. I did a great job of trying to replenish the 10 pounds that I lost. <laughs> you stuck I did that when broth. I freaking had COVID. I gained that 10 pounds back. Yeah, I ate half a large pizza tonight just to try to get some energy back in me. And that was a go for three days. stupid idea. Yeah, well, now I'll probably just keep going. It'll probably just keep recycling. Okay. Well, well, anyway. Yeah, so that's gross. I apologize for all of that. I mean, when you're celebrating farting and not, like, running to the bathroom like an idiot from, like... An extra from what's the movie I'm thinking of here? One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to say invalid or something rude, well, you but just um, did. but I know I just did. But yeah, celebrating that sort of stuff is something I'm kind of over with. So I got back in the shop today. Did you catch yourself on fire? Yes, I did. Okay, uh, only once. Successful day then. Good. You know, there's the meme that goes around that says, man, I wish that I had spent so much time learning about stop, drop, and roll to know how many times I've been on fire. And it's like, bro, I've been on fire, like, way too many times. <laughs> like, I've already been on fire twice this year, you know, inadvertently. I didn't even know what was going on. I had to open my helmet up, and I'm like, oh, I'm on fire. Great. Yeah, I caught my But what were you welding? All right, what I was doing was getting back to work on the car. I have to get the 
well, I had to reposition where the radiator goes, so I had to hack the mounts off of it and reposition that because I dropped the nose a little bit. So I had to do all that, and when I did that, the neck of the radiator is now lower than the outlet on top of the intake for the cooling system. So I'm like, well, that's not good. I don't want to run two radiator caps because I don't want two problem areas. You know, it's a redundancy. It could, well, you know, what could, well, I'm trying to word this improperly, but there's going to be more than one problem if you have a bad radiator cap. You're lessening your chances of things to fail. Yeah, I'm trying to decrease the odds of a failure. You know what I mean? So I bought a welder a while ago. Well, a couple months ago at least. And it came and I bought the school uh spool gun with it. It's not a school gun, what's wrong with me? That's not what you want to say out loud. <laughs> no. Jesus Christ. No. That wasn't an inadvertent slip. I didn't no. mean that well, one. No, no, please don't don't sell send helicopters and army men. I didn't mean that one. No. But do not swap. Yeah, I've been so I've been learning to try to weld aluminum. Yeah. And it's not as easy as I thought. Like, I thought it would be like, okay, it'll be a little different than MIG welding. No. <laughs> no. Surface prep, cleaning, preheating, uh, the voltages and the amperages and the wheel wire speeds, and everything's just completely different. And I'm like, It's a I, fussy specimen. It's really fussy. Uh, r- yes. And then I'm like, I'm welding it, and it feels like I'm flux welding. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. So I'm looking at the spool, and I'm like, do they make aluminum flux wire? I have no idea. So I'm like, God, I suck at this. So anyway, I have a spare test radiator that I got out of Phil's attic when he lived up here that had holes in it. And I'm like, well, I might be able to fix it. I might just use it for scrap. I don't know. So I took it. And I grabbed a bunch of aluminum from Lowe's today because I had a gift card from Christmas. I'm like, I'm not using my own money for this. The hell with it. Grabbed a bunch of that, came home, and started learning how to weld aluminum, basically. And I want to learn how to alter radiators, basically, so that I can, you know, if I have to, I can. Basically, that's all I want. I said basically 15 times. I'm sorry. Anyway, so you can tell I'm out of it. I'm still kind of sick, you know. Basically. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I've, I'm still not 100%, I swear. But I'm trying to get this figured out, and I'm in the shop for hours trying to do this. And I'm practicing, and I'm doing all this on this spare piece, and I've got little pieces. It looks like a shitty artwork, you know. And... I finally get to a point where I'm comfortable enough where I'm like, okay, maybe I can go and do it for real. So I grab the spare radiator out of the trailer and I take a look at it and it's in nice shape. It's just a single pass instead of a double pass. So I cut the neck off it, clean it up, put a plate over it, weld it up, and it looks pretty good. So I come up and I build my own pressure test system. I figure... If I can fill the radiator up with 100 and however many PSI, 110 PSI from the compressor, it can withstand, you know, 30 to 35 from the water. I think that'll be fine, right? So I'm not going to give all of it away, but I janky rigged up some garbage to block off, <laughs> to block off the radiator and then add air to it so that I could spray soap on it to make sure there's no leaks. And I found a couple little leaks, which I touched up. 
And that one, no problem. You know, 10 minutes, I had the spare radiator mocked up. It's now showtime. Bottom of the ninth, got the expensive radiator. Okay, we're going to do this to the nice radiator now. I've got a lot of practice. We're going to go for it. I throw the thing on the vise. I cut the neck off. I clean it up. Same exact way that I learned from the old radiator. Okay, we're doing great. Get all the prep work done. Clean it up. Go to weld it. It's not welding right at all. It is trash. I'm like, what the hell is happening? So I managed to booger three sides together, and the fourth side is garbage. I'm so upset. I get the grinders out, and I start just taking it down because I tried pressure testing it, and it's just blowing giant bubbles out the side of it. It's like a shower head. It's basically like a kid's toy. It is just bubble city over there. It's like a foam party. It's horrific. So I get to just scraping the shit out of this thing. I can't even put my put my thoughts together at that moment. I'm like I just ruined the best radiator I have. So I just sit there for like an hour or two and I'm just like touching it with a grinding wheel or a cutting wheel just kind of just taking little layers off and it's like a piece of artwork i'm just barely massaging this thing back into shape then jesse shows up at the house and is like what are you doing (laughs) so i'm i'm just like i fucked up i'm i'm stuck here now this is now my life please get my child off the bus because i'm never leaving this garage again i can't bear the shame so he doesn't but i get the thing Finally down to a point where I find all the bad parts in the weld. And basically I've ground it all back off already. So I look at the welder and I figure out that something fell on the welder off the tool bench. And it hit the button on the machine for TIG mode. And I'm like, that is not the correct mode. (laughs) That is not right at all. And all the voltages are all screwed up. I'm like, oh. God damn it. So I hit that button. I fix the voltages. I go back after it. It's fixed. I'm like, oh, good. It looks like hell, but it's under the hood. It's mine. I don't care if anybody sees it or looks at it. As long as it works, that's yeah, as long as it all that matters. Leak. That's all that matters. So I was feeling all confident in myself before that. I took the radiator bracket, and I put a nice little lip on it to hold the thing down, and I was like, I was cruising. And then that hit me and just knocked me flat on my ass. I'm just so defeated by that. I'm like, God, I hate this. So I get the thing finally put back together, and I get the radiator in the car, and the radiator piping or the the hoses (laughs) don't fit anymore. And I'm like, how do you not fit? Like, how do you not fit? You fit, like, the last time I had this car together and all I did was drop the the radiator down an inch and a quarter. Now they don't fit anymore. Like completely, not even close. What happened? From, from remounting the motor? No, from remounting the radiator. No, that's what I'm saying is maybe obviously the radiator didn't move other than vertically, right? Just moved it down a hair. It didn't move front to back. Right, so you remounted the motor because the motor mounts were all janked up, right? They were crushed down a little bit, but it didn't <laughs> so move didn't, a heck of a you lot. You didn't change the positioning? No, I, I left them in oh, position. Oh, okay. I thought I you just, moved them. No, I just fixed it so that it's not crushed down anymore. I brought it back up. 
Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm just in there <laughs> beside myself. Like, I have a car that I took apart and I can't put back together because it doesn't fit, and I didn't do anything. So, yeah, that, that was my day. And uh, I got to pull apart the rear. We're less than a month out from racing. Can you believe that? I can. I mean. It is March. Yeah, it is March, but like. Man. I just want to be able to watch Stafford on Friday nights on Flow. They just they announced today they're on Flow. Well, I know that, but <laughs> it needs to hurry the fuck up and get here. Oh, that's what you're getting at. All right. Yeah. Well, yes. They said that they're on Flow, and they gave links for subscriptions for people if they don't have it already. And if you don't have Flow and you're a racing fan, I don't know what you're doing. It's too expensive. There's no ads. And you get local short track racing. On demand. Cheaper than a year of cable. Plus, if you miss a race, you can go back and watch it. But then again, if you pay attention to social media, it's tough because you'll just know who won already. But anyway, Jesse, do you have any updates? Negative. Man. I suck. Anyway, I think it's time for the second segment of the show because... It's that time, Brent. I think people are sick of listening to me fail and poop a lot. It is time now for the DARF comment of the week. Uh, it never gets old. All right. I had a hard time finding a DARF comment of the week, and I think that Phil did as well. But I finally came up with something. That? Yeah. Yeah, we were trying to close the studio door. Studio. It's an office, and it's terrible. Anyway, um, I had a hard time finding one. I know Phil had a hard time finding one. We didn't get sent any, but I had a good idea. And I know I hate doing the blanket ones, but I think I'm going to dish out a blanket DARF comment of the week this week. Because, and also, these are fans we haven't made fun of yet, I don't think, Jess. We usually go after... What? Yeah, we usually go after NASCAR fans. Oh, I thought we made fun of everybody. Well, we do when we have cause. But nobody watches IndyCar, so... <laughs> Except for me. And me. I love IndyCar. And me. I love IndyCar. Uh, and by the way, uh, I don't want any flack for this, and I'm not going to get it from you guys, but I'll get it from the listeners. IndyCar was the best race of the weekend, and you can't at me. <laughs> Even though it was a street course. I don't disagree. It was the best race of the weekend. It was a pretty good race, actually. It was really good, wasn't it? Yeah. The, oh, forget it. We'll get into it later on the other stuff. But uh, I wanted to give the blanket DARF comments of the week out this week to all of the IndyCar fans acting like Roman Grosjean was the one to blame for the wreck between him and Scotty McLaughlin. Well, yeah, and, I mean, Roman is kind of guilty by being a jerk a lot. So, But, uh, but it's... NASCAR fans are 20% blame. Yeah, he's 20% at fault yeah, already. Yeah, but I mean, the, the fans, you know, it, it, fans don't think critically and they tend to, you know, think as a hive and they don't have critical thinking whatsoever. The best argument that I saw from somebody was, well, McLaughlin had the line on the inside. And I'm like, no, he didn't. If you watch the race and you watch the incident, you will see these things called rubber marks on the track. And they usually go where the cars are on the racing line because that's the fastest way around the track. Grosjean was in 
the dark patch. McLaughlin was just to the inside. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it was a case where two guys are fighting for the same real estate and they both had a right to be there. And it's not like Grosjean yeah. turned in all the way. McLaughlin lost the rear end. You could see his sideways, hands on the in-car camera. And you he could had, see his hands aiming towards uh, Roman Grosjean because he, the, the back, back end, end stepped out. Of, yeah. The reason the back end stepped out is because he was so far inside trying to protect the line that he was in the marbles. And he just got out. He just came out of a pit stop and he's on cold tires. And, you know, it's, it's correct. tough. Yeah. Well. All correct. But, I mean, I do want to give a idiot award to Grosjean because his interview was terrible. He's like, they got to make rules against this. And I'm like, no, they don't. Was, Welcome to America, Well, that's asshole. why a lot of people <laughs> hated it because he is kind of douchey. Yeah, Welcome to America. Oh, they need to penalize him more. How? He's damaged. You know, he didn't, he didn't fare. Did he even continue after that? I don't even remember. No, no, they both were out. They were both out. Don't F1 our IndyCar. Yeah. Yeah, don't F1 our IndyCar, you piles of shit. God. Oh, yeah. So, and, and he's responsible for the points penalties and stuff that they brought to F1. Don't get me started, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't be a racing fan and not understand the racing line, especially if you're watching the IndyCar race. If you're watching for action, you got it. So what are you mad about? Number one. Number two, uh, if you don't know what you're talking about, I can't. Uh, well, no, that's not going to stop people. They're going to say it anyway. What's the point? So I'll just award my Darf comment of the week to the to all the racing fans perpetuating the stereotype that all that racing fans in general are the worst fans in all of sports. And may God have mercy on your soul. You should really kill yourselves. Please, please kill yourself. <laughs> you should really Please make that the second. Why is that not a sound? Week. (laughs) Every week that needs to be played. (laughs) I think we will, Phil. Leave that tab up. We need that tab to be a sound this week. I got it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Good. I know what the. I I know what song it is. I'll download it again. All right. I'll I'll get it. All right, write your notes, because <laughs> last week he's like, hey, what was that sound we needed to download? And I'm like, duh, what? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not paying attention. Okay, so. so yeah, let's write that one down. Okay. All right, kill I'll your, go. My, I'll write a note, kill yourself. That's, That's probably my... not the greatest note to write, because you might want to elaborate on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> we got some troubling news this week. Trouble. Troubling news, yes. Um, I was looking on Facebook, and I found WINY Radio, and they mentioned an AP article from the area that says, all right, I'll read it off verbatim from WINY, because it's my local kind of news source on Facebook. I think they're up in Putnam or something. All right. Two charged with manslaughter and fatal trench collapse in Vernon, Connecticut. A construction company owner and an employee were charged with manslaughter Friday in connection with a trench collapse in Connecticut last year that killed a 56-year-old worker. Vernon police said they arrested Dennis Botticello, 67, owner of Manchester-based Botticello, Inc., and equipment operator Glenlock, 65. 
Both were charged with first-degree manslaughter and reckless endangerment charges and were detained on $50,000 bail pending court hearings on Monday, which is actually today. That sucks. Dennis is a longtime figure in the short track scene, specifically the Stafford area, Seekonk. I don't know about Seekonk, actually. Uh, I think Riverside. I'm thinking Massachusetts, but not around anymore. Uh, that basic area is what I'm trying to say. Um, long-time competitor, long-time contributor, long-time advertiser, family-based racers, and it's like, wow, I did not see that coming. He was the first to bring in that car to the people. Yeah, he started the act re- revolution down at Waterford, uh, won a bunch of stuff at Stafford. I mean, the guy has been around our scene forever, and then I read this, and I'm like, uh-oh. And I see the picture, and I'm like, yeah, that's him. Oh, God. So I had to read on to see what actually happened. Uh, let's I mean, it see. doesn't sound like it was anything egregious. Actually, it sounds it, like. Uh, wait till you hear this. No trench really? collapse. Yeah, re- I'll read it for you. No trench collapse safety devices were being used July 22nd of last year when a section of eight foot or of eight foot deep trench collapsed into Botticello Inc. worker Dennis Slater, police said or police and workplace safety officials said. Slater of East Windsor died of his injuries. The trench had collapsed two previous times the same day as it was being dug to install piping for a housing development in Vernon, officials said. Although the company had trench boxes for preventing the collapses, it did not use them on July 22nd and did not have a ladder leading out of the trench within 25 feet of workers as required, which is an OSHA violation. Uh, in January, actually OSHA themselves recommended $375,000 in penalties for safety violations connected to the collapse. The agency said federal safety standards require protective systems for trenches deeper than five feet. Again, this was eight amid other requirements. OSHA had, uh, also cited Botticello Inc. for four serious trenching violations in 2015 in another town and a quote, This deadly cave-in and the worker's death should have never happened, OSHA's area director Dale Varney said in the most obvious statement ever. Oh, I'm sorry. Said in a statement in January. Uh, It was not immediately clear if Botticello and Locke had lawyers who could respond to the allegations. Uh, Phone messages were left at the business and at the number for Locke on Friday. Did not... So then complete negligence. Yeah, that's what... That's... That's tough. You know, when you do this type of work, you have to know the OSHA regulations and you have to know that this sort of thing is a possibility. And when you go and do it and you don't use what you're supposed to use to prevent this type of thing from happening and it happens, that's negligence. And that's very unfortunate. I didn't know about it last year, but now that they're arrested now it's been kind of brought to light in this community so sorry i was waiting for you to you'd said something and i was just waiting for you phil i didn't know no i i got nothing i, I didn't know re- really know him so i can't say too much about his character or who he is we but can't either just really we're just not 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 a good situation that's for sure it's just too bad you know the yeah everything happened you know it's just uh terrible it is too bad. I don't, 
have yeah. anything else really to say much about it. It's just you know, it's based. It's no, news. That's, that's all, all I'm doing is say. I'm not a journalist, but I'm just reporting news, and I know people would you know know the name and they would know you know the relationship between the area and him, and it just sucks. I think we should have a segment where we say it just sucks. You know, it sucks for everybody. He's going to lose a lot in this. Don't know about how much he loses and his business or freedom or whatever is going to be the case. The equipment operators and deep shit, too. That guy lost his life. I mean, it's just a shitty situation all around. And the authorities are taking it into their own, you know, hands based on what laws and regulations have been passed. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's just tough. It's a tough deal. And. Lessons are going to be learned, but the problem is, is it's already cost somebody, so that sucks. It just sucks. All right. Figured I would just bring that to light because I saw that in the news. And, again, we're not, you know, journalists by any stretch of the imagination, but news is news, and that's pertinent. So, anyway, I saw something about South Boston Speedway being put up for sale. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, I did. Hmm. Yeah, I saw, I saw that, too. I guess they uh, they put it putting it up for sale with kind of the hope to find someone that wants to keep it a track at least. Yeah, it seems like that's the case. That it has to be the condition that has to it has to stay as a track. It can't be like a junkyard or an Amazon Center or anything like that. That seems like that's what they want to do to it. I think you can. Anybody write... remember Riverside Speedway? <laughs> <laughs> well, they bought the amusement park, and that was kind of part of it. I don't think they had a clause that said you have to re- uh, keep the racetrack open for a specific amount of time. I don't know because they didn't uh, at all. The second that they changed over to Six Flags, they're like, "Get the bulldozer," and they buried it. Hmm. But anyway, yeah. official statement from March fourth, two thousand twenty-three. Quote. Uh, We can confirm that South Boston Speedway's ownership is currently exploring options to sell the venue. The Mattioli family, that sounds familiar, and through the Pocono people? Yes, same people that own Pocono. Oh, okay. Has had the honor and privilege of caring for South Boston Speedway for nearly 25 years. During that time, it has transformed into one of the most prestigious, competitive, and beautiful short tracks in America. It is a nice place. Uh, The family is determined to only sell the Speedway to another great steward who vows to keep the rich history and tradition of first-class short track racing alive in Halifax County. Uh, Let's see here. During this time of exploration, the Speedway operations will remain unchanged with a continued commitment to the teams and fans of showcasing the best short track racing in the country. Now, I wonder what kind of clause they could write into the sales contract to try to keep it as a track is there anything that they can i don't know the legality of real estate transactions in virginia per se or really here to be honest but uh i'm very curious to see if they could actually do that not sure it had to be like some kind of lease or operating contract Hmm. or if you for x amount of years or whatever yeah i mean if you write in a clause that says for as long as they own it it has to be a racetrack that's not going to work because they'll be like oh okay i'll just sell it off to an amazon warehouse see you later now i don't own it you know what i mean now i'm out Hmm. i don't know but we'll see it's not like waterford where it's grandfathered in and then the only thing that that property could ever be is a racetrack you know they're not allowed to build on that anyway phil you showed me a video 
of a nasty bandolero wreck, and I wanted to talk about that because that's kind of a sticking point with us. I don't oh, remember what it. the track was. <laughs> it's uh, Twin Rivers All-American Speedway in Jacksonville, North Carolina. It's uh, over by Camp Lejeune there. Um, <laughs> don't, drink the water. don't drink the water. <laughs> don't drink the yeah, water. <laughs> interesting track and interesting people. Well... It's probably in the water, so that's oh, we maybe made, what I was saying. We already made that joke, anyway. Uh, yeah, we be more funny. We <laughs> thank you for fuck the, you. Thank you for that drop. <laughs> All right, um, yeah. I mean, we saw this video, and this was a huge wreck. I mean, I saw two cars go in the wall, and almost one not come back because the other one disintegrated. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I mean, how big is this track? Four tenths. Four tenths, yeah, roughly. That's Maybe a, a little bit bigger. Jesus, that's a big track for these cars to be racing on when they were designed to be running on <laughs> Charlotte Motor Speedway's infield oval. Yeah, four tenths. They run them at Florence, too, on the four tenths. And Why? it just yeah, Flor- blows my mind. It's way too fast. Are you getting eight-year-olds ready to draft at Daytona? What's the point? Yeah, four tenths is Dylan. Yeah. I'm not putting a bandolero no. on Dylan. They have inside walls. <laughs> no, you don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I know how fast I was going at DeSoto, and that's four tenths. So they're gonna get their growth stunted when they die. You can't grow no more. <laughs> well, I, well, and duh. I had this. I had Jesus. this argument with a kid down <laughs> here too, and people don't seem to understand why it's such a big problem to have those cars on a track like that. They don't have any crush zones. They're not like a big car that when you hit something hard, the frame folds and bumpers fold and things give. There's not as much room. They're smaller cars. They're built more rigid because they're smaller cars. It is not the there's... kid takes the impact, not the car. Yeah, the cage is very small. There's not a lot of cage to give, like you said. And what these if people... there is a cage, it's not meant for those speeds. It could collapse. Like a legend car. Like a legend's car. <laughs> We've seen those videos. God. People need to Google what a Bandolero chassis actually looks like and then figure out that where the chassis bars end is where your feet are. Because there's two little little two-by-two two pieces, or I don't even know what they are. I think they're two-by-two two pieces of square tubing coming out of that. And that's basically where your bumpers mount. And then behind that, there's a tube cage. But, like, your feet are right at the end of that. There is no crush zone. There's not. There's no bumper either. It's just a fiberglass body out in front of that. Well, there's a bumper. They have bumpers out front. They have like a legend style. Well, maybe a little smaller than that. They have a curved bumper out front. Oh, do they? Yeah, they're supposed to. They have the same thing out back. It's kind of like a legend's car, but it's curved a little bit more. Like yeah, bent, so they don't hook. Bent in at the edges, yeah. It, it follows the body contours. For some reason, I thought the fronts didn't have bumpers, but still, they're nothing. They're like, what, three-quarter inch tubing? Pfft. Steering you, shaft? You got me. I'm actually kind of looking it up pipe. right now. Um, I don't know if they actually have it's the, the kind of pipe you run under that goes from your sink to the septic system. Regardless, yep. it's not the enough when heater. those things are doing 90 freaking miles an hour. These things have 30-horse engines? Holy crap. Dude, they screw yeah, they do. When you, when you uncork them, they haul ass. Let's see, Bandolero division uh, so it's eight and up. 
I'm just not ready like, to see. That. I would personally love to have one to go race at a local track if they had an adults division because it's like this giant cockeyed go kart with a full body on it. We had one of those when well, we had those when we were kids. They were just too expensive for our parents to own. You know, they had the little IndyCar one, and they had the Neil Bonnet one, and yeah. they had the, the they had no roof, but you sat in them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, like mini like, cups. Yeah. No, they were just go karts with fiberglass bodies on them. They were. It was a very eighties thing. Yeah, it was super eighties. Super, yeah, definitely. We're kind of dating ourselves with that one, but you know, it's I. I'm with everybody else on this. Uh, I'm not one of those parents who's like, "Oh my god, think of the children." I'm just like, "This is stupid." Like yeah. you're putting children out on a racetrack. <laughs> They're doing ninety miles an hour in a car with no crush zones. It's like, guy, can you put it on Listen. a smaller track, please? Like Stafford's Mini Mile. Would be perfect for these things I mean, if it wasn't so bumpy. But it's bear about, with me. It's about abstract thinking and cost benefit analysis. If people did proper cost benefit analysis, we wouldn't have to deal with this. What could happen? What potentially could happen? And what potential consequence could there be? Uh, I'm not ready to see children get their feet maimed up or lose life limb or whatever. I'm not interested in any of that. Here's one thing that these people don't think of. Take these cars, make them full size, and say, would you get in that? Yeah, right. No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No. No, I absolutely would not. They're, indie cars are more safe than See, that My thing. fat ass wants to get into a legend car? Ain't happening. No. <laughs> these things are built like 1970s indie cars. Like, no, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah, we're drivers. Tiny. Yeah, drivers get their ankles tore right up. Like I said, I'm looking at the chassis on my page right now. Like I Googled Bandolero chassis and the images comes up. Thanks, Google. But uh, no. Uh, how big of a track do you think these cars should actually race on? I think even Waterford's too big. Okay. I, yeah, I think three-eighths of a mile is the very, very upper limit, and that's on the edge. Well, I say Place th- like Seacock has a lot of runoff. They're not bad there. No. But that's To me, Seacock's a third mile. Se- I would say third mile is a comfortable. Seacock is Seacock is a lot of banking. They're pretty perfect for it because they've got a very wide racetrack. It's not very big. They all stay to the bottom anyway. So I mean, you go to Waterford and, and you watch the bandos, and you just go to the concessions line because it's just eight year old. Mm, they've kids. had some bad wrecks at Waterford. Too. Yeah, and they've wrecked the shit out of these cars, and I'm like, Jesus, you're going to kill one of these kids. I'm again, I'm not one of those thinking of children people, but. Why are you actively putting kids at risk with unsafe equipment? Even the legends are a little sketchy at Waterford. You know what I mean? So Yeah, it could be bad. It could get really bad. I just I would rather see them go where they're intended at a smaller racetrack because then at least you have a chance at not hurting kids. That wreck was unnecessary. And that's all I can really say. It's just unnecessary. It's just an it's oversight. So it's yeah, so like that. Yeah. All right. Let's move it on because I can I can only say about the same thing so many times before I get sick of it. Again, I'm not a hundred percent tonight, people. Bear with me. So, all right. And I got to talk F1. I think. What do you think, Jess? <laughs> I think we should skip over that. No, 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 no. It's not the race. 
It's not the race I'm talking about. I'm talking about other stuff, bad stuff. Have you guys been paying attention to Andretti trying to get into Formula One and the absolute soap opera that's been going on with that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Nope. They, yep, yep, absolutely. They, they don't want Americans in here because they fear us. They fear us. We will colonize them. And, and take uh, their oil. <laughs> take their oil, their minerals, and uh, their women. You know, their women. Make their gene pool a little deeper. They don't mm-hmm. like any of that. European women look pretty nice. We could they take don't those want too. any of that from us, man. They can we keep will the go kids in the there, man. put an army base up, and just take your shit. That's why they fear <laughs> us because they ain't us. Well, Europe is hilarious. They're like, Americans are terrible at, at everything, and we don't want that. Or uh, the, if they were good at anything, they'd be over here racing, and then we try to go over there and race, and they're like, "No, no, go back where you came uh, from." No, 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 no. We don't want you here. No, it's like don't. okay. So are we get, are we too bad to go over there, or do you just not want us there? They want us to watch the races, which I'm not going to anymore. And they want us to to bring races to our track and take our money for that. Yeah, of course. But oh yeah, oh yeah, no. Now it's too much. Now they move the goalposts. This is. This is even more of a reason why you should stop watching Formula One as an American. Get into the story. Here's a story from Fox Sports Australia. Michael Andretti is having a terrible time in attempting to break into the world of Formula One. Andretti, the 91 kart champ and son of 1978 Formula One champ, need we remind you, Mario Andretti, has been trying to prize his way into the sport for more than a year and has been perpetually rebuffed. I like how they write this. Uh, first, his attempt to buy Sauber went flat. Uh, no pun intended, I suppose. Then the sport offered him a lukewarm response to a request to enter as a new constructor. All right, so they failed to dissuade him with words, and now they're targeting his wallet in a move that will sh- be sure to fire up the American racer. And Michael is an angry person because he's Italian, so this will be great. Uh, he won't be able to buy Alpha Tauri because there was a rumor in that uh, as a fallback option either with Franz Tost, the chief executive or whatever it is, refuting rumors that his team would be put up for sale after a dismal ninth place finish last season. Uh, let's see here. People are you know, concerned. I think Alpine has raised queries about potential loopholes in the cost cap rules. I don't have any idea what that is. Just months after Red Bull Racing became the first team to be found in breach of the financial regulations. Oh, no way. And what are they going to do to them? Nothing. So what was the cost (laughs) to entry? All right, cost to entry. Formula One teams are agitating for a massive increase to the 200 million. This is in U.S. dollars, by the way. Uh, It was $200 million for a joining fee for new entrants after the FIA opened expressions of interest to join the grid. Okay, according to Autosport, the 10 teams want to at least triple that figure to $600 million, with some pushing for an even higher figure still. As part of the commercial agreement between Formula One management and the 10 teams that are already entered, any new entrant is required to pay a joining fee of, in American dollars, $200 million. That money is distributed evenly among the existing teams to compensate them for having to split the prize money with an 11th constructor. Okay. Let's see. The U.S. price of uh, $200 million was set in 2020 to reflect the price for which Williams was sold to its current owner, some capital group. I don't even know who they are. That is the approximate value of a midfield or approximate value of 
market value of a midfield team. Excuse me. I That's keep... not a midfield team. That team is a back marker. <laughs> they that said has been yeah, they for up, years. They upsold them as a midfield team. You don't squeeze an Italian like that. You say you ever see Godfather two? He points. To... I saw all oh, three yes. of them, but yeah. the only the first two were good. Because I intend to squeeze you, Mister Corleone. Mm-hmm. How about this? I pay nothing, not even for the hotels or the licensing <laughs> fees, which you'll give to me very graciously. Thank you. Been a lot of bad blood. They hit us, so <laughs> we hit them back. Oh, you don't do that to a Italian mm, boy. I want. I want to see. Michael Andretti let loose on these people. There'll be a lot of neck grabbing going on. All four cars of his didn't finish either Saint Pe- in St. Petersburg. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be really pissed. He's got to be on the freaking moon. His blood pressure has to have three digits in both spots. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be bad. Oh, he's up in the dosage. All right. So uh, Autosport has reported that the $600 million figure is believed to be a closer to the price is believed to be closer to the price, I'm sorry, agreed last year for Audi to buy Sauber. Teams also remain unconvinced of the value of Andretti's bid as an independent constructor. Blah, blah, fucking blah. They know nothing about that. Earlier this year, Andretti blasted the teams for being greedy. There we go. Let's give him a voice. Quote, It's all about greed and looking at themselves and not looking at what is best for the overall growth of the series. On Wednesday, the sport reported that they earn, let's see, $3.56 billion in revenue, of which the teams received approximately $1.7 billion as prize money. Pretty good. According to some estimates, that spans roughly $200 to $130 million from top to bottom on the championship table. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so that's all I got right now on the Andretti Formula One saga. It's, it's just a bunch of elitist Europeans trying to keep Americans it, out of the sport. It's funny because they have Colton Herta that is rumored to maybe get a super license at some point and go to F1. Yeah, or, even that's been disputed know, or, lately. Or Polo, Alex Polo, and a few other guys. It's like, well, why would you want to be in a series that doesn't want you there? Right. I, I don't understand. Every I American mean, since what? I mean, Andretti? I understand the prestige and... <laughs> Hell, the money's good, but can I don't we? Know. It's just a gigantic circus. I think, that's all it is. I think IndyCar should just take over the world, and we should. We should. I, I got them. really tired of F one really quick. Oh, it's awful. I used to love it, oh, and it awful. sucks because now I'm like, uh, and it's been awful for a while. Yeah. Ugh. I didn't even know the start of the season was this week. I woke up Sunday morning and saw something. I was like, oh, okay. Do they have a list of former drivers? By the way, uh, we're speaking out our ass completely because there actually is a Formula One driver that is American in the series right now. Uh, Logan Sargent is American. I believe he... I don't even know who he races for. He races for Williams, which congrats on finishing last. Um, Well, actually, I think he finished 12th, whatever. Uh, Let's see here. I'm looking up who Peter Revson... Eddie Cheever had a brief spell. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. <laughs> he he was in Formula One. For yeah, a while. yeah. He he was there, but he wasn't really there. He was there. He, no, he <laughs> actually had a few podiums. He was actually not really had, not halfway decent, but I mean, he was halfway decent. Hmm. All right, he really wasn't that bad. 
He's a mid guy. He was a mid guy. Dan Gurney. Let's see. Phil Hill. The great Phil Hill. The only American-born Formula One champion because technically Mario Andretti is an American Formula One champion, but he's a naturalized American. He's as American as spaghetti. Yeah, he, he embodies the spirit of America. So, yeah. um, Let's see. Mark Donahue, Roger Ward, Danny Sullivan at a small time. Yes, Scott Speed technically did, yes. He was in there. Tony Bettenhausen. Uh, I mean, back in the day, anybody could take their IndyCar and be a Formula One driver at some point. But, yeah, it's um, – I'm kind of over F1 now. You know, they – again, it's – watching it from – Welcome to Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, I mean – Boring as fuck. It's it, – Okay, I'll watch, the, I'll watch the first turn, and then I'm done. Okay, go switch off. It's like, oh, they strung out after one lap. I'm done. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. That's I mean, literally all I tune in for. I watch the first lap, and then if there's a restart. It used to be interesting and fun, and now it's just not. It's just not. They, they can't pass. No. Aerodynamics and technology do not make racing better. Yes, I've said that forever. It doesn't matter. Forever. Doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, there was passing in IndyCar. There was plenty of passing oh, in IndyCar. That's why I like IndyCar. Just passing. IndyCar but might not have just giant RC cars. Yeah. No. We can talk about the IndyCar race later because I have some notes on that one. That was a fun race to watch as well. But we do have to talk about Chase Elliott hurting himself. <laughs> okay. This is going to be – well, strap in, people. This will be fun. All right. So uh, Chase Elliott hurt himself snowboarding, requiring surgery on his broken uh, – I don't know which leg he broke. doesn't matter. Broken leg. Josh Berry was it's tabbed to fill in for tibia. him at Las Vegas. Yeah, but which leg? Don't know. Left. No, doesn't matter. The one he walks on. You don't need that one. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need brakes. They just slow you down. Just right foot it. It'll be fine. Uh, So, yeah, uh, just there's been a lot of talk about the waiver system in NASCAR. Well, there's going to be a a lot to talk about uh, as far as, you know, what the type of injury is. Mm -hmm. uh, Should he or shouldn't he have done it if it's too risky or not? And then the waivers. Uh, f- f- so there's three parts to this, really. So genuinely, yeah, there is. So first of all, broken tibia that requires surgery. If it's not a compound fracture, it's pretty goddamn close because it's something that you can't use a cast or a splint or braces. It's not going to work. So according to my eight and a half pounds rectangular encyclopedia in my pocket, those type of injuries mm-hmm. is where you got to open the leg up clean out any of the debris and infection and screw it back in with some <laughs> hardware or put it back together you know by hand and these type of injuries take anywhere from two to eight weeks maybe ish to heal depending on maybe some a little bit more uh after oh, that's that what kyle bush had yeah how many needles does he need for that all of them and then after that he's gonna need crutches he's gonna need crutches so mm. that being said uh, that being said, the questions come from race fans as well. Should he or shouldn't he? You know, uh, some race fans, uh, some people say, hey, you know, and drivers too, like uh, you know Kevin Harvick and and Denny Hammond say, you know, they want, hey, you got to unload, you got to be able to live your life and and everything else like that. But other people will say other well, guys you got like the off Mar- season for that, and, and guys like Martin Truex is yeah, like, nah. two months of your off season. Yeah. All two months, yeah. 
Yeah, Martin Truex is like, nah, I gave that up once I once I about twenty eleven. I, I gave that up once I got full time cup because mm. he he didn't want he didn't he wanted to mitigate as much risk as he could. So I mean, I know he got two months of off season, but I mean, that's one of those things where I think obviously that uh, I think these are not the drivers don't understand is that they're they are uh, an enterprise, they're a brand. Mm-hmm. It's kind of dehumanizing in a way, isn't it? Well, yeah, but that's kind of what it is as well. But you, you, that's the price you pay when you sell your soul to Satan for fame, you know? So, we didn't even mention Joey Logano yet. No, not yet, but we will. And I don't know. I mean, if you have an off-season, do it in the off-season. Do you think I have enough vacation time in my job to do anything? No. Can I, get, can I join, can I join a, a jujitsu gym? And Can't risk you. getting myself hurt? Hell no. I mean, it's not just that I'm fat and lazy and I have absolutely no ambition to do it. Leave that stuff aside. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it because if I get injured, I don't go to work and I can't do my job. If I have a torn up rotator cup, I can't do my job. Yeah, well, how you get paid? You know, I have to, you know, I have to go do my job. Exactly. So. Can't I have to I have to mitigate more risk of my own damn life, so that's just part of the plan. Is you have to figure out cost benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, once you're once you're a brand, you got to protect the brand. That's as far as I'm concerned. Your name's on the t-shirt. You got to do what you got to do to to keep it on the t-shirt. You don't want somebody else driving your car. What if those fans came to that race? And you ain't there because you fell down a mountain. They wanted to come see you race, and now you're not there. Napa paid to have Chase Elliott in the car. Mm-hmm. Not Josh Barry or anybody else. Correct. So. Now, I understand where the racers are coming from. I know oh, that yeah, me too. You the, rigors, the rigors of being on planes constantly and risking your ass 500 miles every weekend and sweating hot race cars and stress of performance based, you know, incentives and keeping your job and it's it's got to be really yeah. difficult. So to have some normalcy to take the edge off is pretty necessary, but yeah. when you do it with something that's very likely to hurt yourself cuz I tried snowboarding and it sucks. <laughs> Even a, a really good snowboarder, you're going to eat shit. Yeah, like I have fallen down the mountain a couple times. Yeah, same. And I've I've been skiing since I was a kid. I tried snowboarding, and I'm like, I'm going to die doing this. So I put the snowboard in the basement. Ooh. And like when my kid was born, I kind of stopped playing hockey, and I'm just kind of like taking yeah. care of stuff because I didn't have full time work at the time. And if I lost work, yeah. I was screwed. So yeah, I mean, I get it, but yeah, I mean, even even me with. Uh... You know, I have to have my job. If I can't drive a race car, that's fine. I mean, I have to still drive that. You know, that's I need to have risk a little bit. That's as much as I can do. There's, there's or motorcycles. You're going to have to lasso me by my nutsack for me not to ride my motorcycle. I have to. Correct. But I mean, yeah. it's there's. I understand where they're coming from with the whole. We need we need to take the edge off, but maybe you can take the edge off with other hobbies that don't risk as much or in the off season and you can do it in the off season when you have time you can heal if he wrecked that if he wrecked his shit in november 
then would I would at least be on crutches right now, but still being able to drive. Right. He'd pull a what the hell is that kid named Carson Horseface? Well, he'd Daniel Hemrick is Daniel Hemrick did it too. Yeah, but he did it with exercise. Oh, yeah, he popped his knee or something, yeah. He yeah. says, yeah, I've ruined this four times. I'm used to it. So he races through it, and I get that. I've blown my knee out and lived three years afterwards without getting it fixed. So you just kind of get used to it. But, yeah, it's it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't in some ways. But then again, you're a business. You are a personal business. You are an entity. You are a T-shirt. You're a property. You're, yeah, exactly. You that's are a, property. Yeah, that's it. You're an intellectual property at that point. So you got to just kind of. It's, it's the season might be really long, but you got to be. You got to remember, brand. You're out there every week. So oh yeah, and there's also got to take care of yourself no matter what. You wouldn't see me playing hockey during racing season. I would do that in the off season. I would. I would give up my motorcycle for a cup ride though. Where where does it just to play I mean, a little bit of devil's advocate though? Where does it stop? Where's the line? Because obviously you have all these guys racing in other series and other cars and whatnot. Plenty of guys play golf. <laughs> yeah, let's put. That I know, but there. what I'm saying is, do you stop guys from racing too? Well, it depends on the owner. Well, I let's mean, be and fair. His investment that like the famous Roger Penske with the Gary Bettenhausen situation. We've already talked about that, um, and some guys like Rick Kendry don't give a darn what you do. Uh, Let's be fair. If you do that, you're not going to race anyway, are you? Because now you're hurt. I guess they don't need to do it because you just I mean, pulled yourself out of the car like a dummy. I don't know. What's the answer? It, it's a tough balance. You got to live your life. You got to live your life during a very smart time, and remember that there are hundreds and thousands of drivers out there that would. That would do just about anything to get in that car. I If somebody had picked a phone up and said, we want you to go run that car this weekend, I would have been in my car driving to the airport with my helmet in my hand. Actually, I'd probably have to buy a new one. I would on have my helmet on and in a roll cage in the airplane in case the plane goes down. <laughs> I'd be r- <laughs> driving as fast as possible to the airport while I'm still on the phone. So, yeah, it's you got to protect yourself and you got to protect your brand, you got to protect your longevity. You got to you got to change a little bit just to protect your identity and your brand and your position because that's what's most important. You got to st- you got to save your position. And I know it's oh, well, we can't stop these guys or who stops them or what stops them, but you got to stop yourself. So now he's got a waiver process. Now, yes, the waiver. We got to get into that. The waiver is, is for him to be eligible for the championship. Mm-hmm. They've never said no to this. NASCAR's never said no to this rule. Uh, they've done it seven times. Yeah. And it's Chase Elliott. They won't say no. No, of course not. Right, and if you listen to anybody that's on the radio, they're like, "Oh, listen, well, I, I'd hate to think that that was the position." Like uh, I heard Dad on Dave Moody today. I hate to think that that would be the case. I'd like to think that they would do the same thing for Cody Ware or whatever. And it's like they did it for Tony Stewart, and they hated him. Yeah, you, you can't. <laughs> it's like you don't have any kind of cynicism whatsoever. Come on, guys. Yeah, it's Chase seriously. Elliott. You know, the most popular driver, seriously. So, yeah, NASCAR uh, and 
and uh, integrity of the sport. Uh, they've shown enough times before, especially with the cautions and some rules process where that ain't really a thing anymore. So, oh, and they've done away with the no longer top thirty either. So he's got that to play with. So I'm just wondering, why would why do we even have this rule where you have to where where you have to start all the races? Why bother? Why bother? Because I, they could just I write the waiver the and do it any time. If you can race your way to the point where you can, if you win a race and you can get into that top 16, whatever, whatever. Right. Who cares? I mean, yeah, it doesn't really matter because they have three races during the middle of the championship series where they basically just say, okay, here's the top, here's the top however many cars are in there. Okay, redraw, redraw. They might as well just do a redraw with that. <sighs> so. I- there should be a limit, though, to me. If they're going to have the waiver, make it like, so if you miss five races, sorry about your bad luck. You're no longer eligible. Yeah. Jesse, we need to pause for a moment because I have to go attend to something. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. But anyway, <laughs> I've had enough poop talk for today, and it wasn't even gross. It was just the flapper got stuck in my toilet. I had to go fix it. Anyway, yeah. We don't like edit these shows, but where were we? We were talking about, I forgot, the waiver process. Yes. I have no idea. It's yeah, been be, like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking seven times it's been used. Somebody was talking about Chase getting a waiver the, because NASCAR. Yeah, it was the integrity of it. The integrity. So. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, yeah, no longer the top 30. So it, hmm. it, it, it's kind of a can of worms, really, since they've done this kind of thing. Mm. And it, and waiver or no waiver, it's just like a guy that doesn't run all the championship races gets to have a chance to go win the championship. It just it just illegitimizes everything. Well, look at what they did to Kyle Busch the first time he yeah. won his title. He didn't run like half the damn season, and he won a title. Bullshit. I just don't like it. It's it's just I don't care about the waiver thing, but. Just allowing these guys a chance at the championship when you don't run races and you don't have the points to run races is just stupid. I just well, I never liked the chase format. It's a regression towards the mean. It's all about average. We can literally go on four hours about we how could. much we could beat the horse past death to basically return to the dust from whence it came. You that know? horse is already in the process of being made into McDonald's cheeseburgers. Yeah. I thought it was dog food or glue. I don't remember. Uh, I've it's seen probably this, the same thing. I've seen a dead yeah, horse. There's the no way you can beat it anymore. Hmm. So anyway, so yeah, um, it, like I said, there people are wondering about the waivers. It's gonna happen. It always happens. NASCAR is like whatever, dude. You Let's apply not beat for this to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not beat it to death. Uh, Josh Berry in the car next week. I wonder. That'd um, be kind of neat. No was, word on that. I was kind of hoping if they're going to put him in, not just for one race. I mean, well, he, he was in Las Vegas. They had the issue when they were already there. He's a Chevy driver. Junior's in tight with Hendrick. My theory is that I think when, if when, I think it's more of a point of when, but I, th- I think Junior's just kind of waiting it out right now. When he puts together a cup team, because I don't think he wants to do it with the charter prices, how they are, and how that system works. 
<laughs> I think he's kind of being a holdout on it, which I don't blame him one bit for. It's, it's a little expensive right now. It's ridiculous is bit. what it is. Yep. Um, I think that he wants to put Josh in the cup, in the cup car if Junior puts out a cup team. He'll get there. It's just a, he needs and, sponsorship. And he's uh, in very tight with Mr. H. So Yes. Um, I think that was the easy choice. And you know that Josh is probably going to take it easy and bring the car home in one piece. I know that they actually said that they had problems. They said that there was some throttle body issue. They weren't getting full throttle or something like that. He didn't finish great. He finished like 29th, but they had to have had an issue for him to really... He had pit road issues too. Yeah. So it's just an unfamiliar car with no practice and... um, he had a little practice. Well, he had a little, but that's technically like none. I mean, you got to have... I don't even know if he had simulator time in these cars. No I sim mean, time. No. I mean, he has like zero experience. Just I racing. that's it. Maybe iRacing, and that's even not even that great. But um, it, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see in the future who they've picked to put into the car. They don't There's even There's a lot know. of interesting rumors. Well, they said that they were supposed to announce something on Monday. It is currently... Monday, eight twenty-one p.m. on Monday, and we have no word yet because they haven't announced it. They haven't said anything about it yet. So, uh, you get it's gonna announce that, or is it just gonna be TBD and they're gonna figure it out when the world comes to it? I guess I have no idea. Who do you think it's gonna be? You think it's just gonna be Josh again? <sighs> All right, who's a Chevy driver who is actually worth a shit uh, that's hanging around doing nothing? Jimmy Johnson, he owns another team, so, so is Denny I Hamlin. doubt it's But he's be- an owner, so he can say whether he can go drive for another team. Yeah, hmm. uh, Danny Hamlin's an owner for another team. Yeah, but he was already in that team before he became an owner. So, and he's not driving for his own team. <laughs> right, exactly. Kind of strange moot points here. Exactly. It's not not unprecedented though. I mean, you could even see. I heard this one. This one I thought was interesting. Corey LeJoy get leased from Spire, which gets Hendrick support already. And they, just, they just put somebody else, like a truck guy or an Xfinity guy, into like a Justin Allgaier or somebody in the seven car. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that'll fly with Junior though. That's you know the I don't know who. Well, do they get the same support? Is it all Hendrick? I don't know how much support. I know they get Hendrick engines. I don't know where they get their chassis support. It may be Hendrick as well. Hmm. But I mean, they, the the Spire number seven truck is a Hendrick supported truck. It's basically a Hendrick truck, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's why they put all the Hendrick drivers in it. But uh, which is so weird to me still because Spire was a meme not even three years ago, and now they have Hendrick support, and they're like Corey LaJoy was a legitimate top fifteen car all day Sunday. Well, here's the funny thing: is when they talked to the guy who ran Spire on, they talked to him on the Dale Junior podcast, didn't they? Uh, yeah, at one point. And they didn't believe him when he said, "Yeah, we want to actually run races and be competitive." They thought we all just another guy trying to, you know, make backmarker start and park money. Well, actually, <laughs> the guys. Yeah, they, well, they they started off. I think Spire is like some sports marketing team or something or group. Hmm. Yeah, it, and they decided they, to start a team, and then the joke was obviously they won with Justin Haley at what Talladega. Yeah, no Daytona. That was a Daytona race when uh, one of those plate tracks that when anybody Kurt, can win at. When Kurt Busch and everybody pit, bef- like when they were going one to green, 
and they stayed out, and right. then it rained on one green. And then to be never... fair, he was still running, I think, third at the time. So well, Justin Haley is actually really good at plate racing. So I mean, he makes he's a good little shoe in general. He's not bad. He he does. He's grown into himself very well in a very short amount of time. He's still so. very young, so. and he is. Yeah, I give him a lot of credit. So. But to say who they're going to put in the nine car, oh, boy, I don't know. I'd have to go through the list. I mean, I'm thinking in, of people in my head, and I'm like, nope, that's a different manufacturer. Nope, different manufacturer. You're not going to see anybody from Kyle Busch's truck team go there. You're not going to see anybody from a truck team, I don't think. I think you're going to have to look at Xfinity or pluck Carl Edwards out of his Amish cornfield. I don't know. I was going to say, hear me <laughs> out, Carl Edwards. I, I would love to see Jimmy Johnson. I think it would be good for him That'd to get cool. more seat time in one of those things. It would help him with his own team. Call Greg Biffle. I bet he can still get it done. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Well, they put him in a truck at age, what, 50, 51, and he waxed everybody? Yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Just waxed him. <laughs> it was so funny to watch Biffle come off the couch and just put it to these kids like Kyle Bush would. Just absolutely ran the table. It was hilarious. And then he goes, bye, I'm going back to watch TV. In a competitive car, I would probably take Greg Biffle over most of those guys that are still on a weekly basis competitive. Yeah. Those guys were monsters back in the day, in the mid-2000s and 2010s. Well, think of what they had to drive. They actually had horsepower and no downforce. I got an idea. Or limited downforce. Dale Jr. comes back. There. No. <laughs> Not because I don't like him, it's because he quit for a reason. Yeah, no, his wife made him. Well, head injuries, he'll, you know. <laughs> he'll bump a car on pit road and have another concussion. I don't want to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. just only be able to slur, drool, and eat pudding. Yeah, we I don't need wanna, him. I don't. I don't want like to be my grandfather. Him. Well, we don't need him as a crime and sports episode. So let's just yeah. leave him alone. Uh, so I have no idea who they're going to put in the car. I mean, I don't think Barry got a fair shake, but I don't really, I don't think I can think of anybody really worthy of putting in the car besides Jimmy Johnson. He's an other team owner that doesn't get Hendrick support anymore. So who would it be? I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see, I guess, because I'm still searching Twitter and I'm getting absolutely nothing. So nothing is coming up. It'll come out right when it's, right when this episode gets done. Yeah, we'll put it in the uh, news that we missed from last week because we released the show too early segment that we still haven't been able to do yet. Because there hasn't been any news. Yeah, just has not. Yep. Yeah, all right. So why don't we start moving on into some race coverage? Because I think Phil has to probably poop, so I'm going to start moving it on here. Did you see? Before something else moves on. Yeah, it just looks. I'm glad that I only had to go once today so far. Okay, that's a record for me. That's what are we gonna name this episode? Full of shit? No, I'm not gonna go there. iTunes won't let us do that. All right, truck Just race. Call it poop. <laughs> Just call it P O O P. Dupe. Uh, I can't. I can't be smirched Jimmy Boyle's memory for that. Uh, j- okay, truck series race. <laughs> do you see the guys in the pit crews flying? They had to delay the damn race. Because the pit crews weren't even there yet. Yeah, and they, they had, had a problem with the plane. They had flights delayed, and they're just trucking guys in. That's old school, and it? Just like picking up guys, race fans out of the <laughs> stands, and go, hey, we got to pit this car. 
They the crews that were you got there. What you got giddy up. Yeah, the crews that were there and ready, they were like double and triple pitting trucks because there was nobody there to do it. That was hilarious to me. And you're watching guys just running in, holding bags and like hauling ass through the garage area trying to get changed. Like, you got to go back and watch Kyle Bush's pit stop. The right rear tire changer maybe tightened one lug nut. Oh, I watched it. And then he had to, he had to come. I, I was like, guy, you didn't even touch the lug nuts. What do you do? You put the wheel on, hit one, and walked away. Yeah, I watched it. I'm like, um, did you forget? <laughs> what do you, did you ever watch on TV? You could watch the guy go you all the way he around. He was doing a cup stop. Even at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, you could practice, for God's sakes. The cup only has one lug nut. Maybe he was a cup crew guy. Look, <laughs> like, I can't give him too much crap because they did better under pressure than I would have. No, I would have done better. I have done better. Jesse, what's, what was our record? I don't remember the time, but we... It was like 9.4 seconds. Yeah, I was the gas man. Yeah, for a two-tire stop. At the NASCAR the, Hall I of Fame. I lift the bottle up. <laughs> NASCAR Hall of Fame, Jesse and I did a 9.4 second two-tire stop. Yeah. Actually, nice. Jesse, me, and our dad, but, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> we did a two-tire stop, 9.4 seconds. What was this guy's problem? <laughs> We're not even a pit crew. <laughs> We're just idiot short trackers who drink too much. Anyway, all right. Um, Kyle. Well, a lot of people also don't realize they fly those guys in Dave Race. Well, maybe they should fly him in a little earlier. Tell costs because that's they're trying to cut costs in racing. Yeah, sure. You know, you're gonna have to fly that same because the pit crew guys will revolt if they have to stay in the hostel with six to a room. Oh, <laughs> God forbid! God forbid! Uh, I would. don't get a, don't I get f- an air mattress and sleep in the truck. Yeah, okay. I would revolt. Are you kidding me? No way. Be, <laughs> be dedicated. You're making six figures. All right, um, Kyle Busch debuted his new Chevrolet back team as as a driver, I should say, and uh, basically toyed with all the Arca kids on track. I passed out. I passed away during that race. <laughs> early, he, he didn't even too. pass out. He just died. I passed away during that race. <laughs> early on into it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I I suggested I that much. they. Uh, I suggested that they replace the name of the truck series to the Tra- uh, Trarca series because it was basically an Arca race. Uh, he Kyle Busch just was handling these kids. I mean, he was up by, like, way too much time. He was, we won by, like, five seconds. They lapped up to, like, inside the top 15. The only sketchy spots during the race were restarts and stage ends when they just wanted to try to kill each other for no obvious reason other than stage points. And they didn't do a good job at that either. So um, the race started at past 9 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, that's why I passed away. This is a sticking point for me. And a lot of people say, well, it's on Friday. It's the weekend. It's like, not for me and not for a lot of others. For me. Yeah. Uh, I work Saturdays. Weird, right? I work Tuesday through Saturday. I don't work Monday through Friday. A lot of people work overnights. A lot of people don't do a nine to five Monday through Friday. That's East, for dorks. The East Coast is the center of the universe, and that's who they should cater to. NASCAR is an East Coast sport. Because we are the They're, center of the universe. All of the teams are based on the East Coast. All of their uh, what is it? Their business. All of their heads are here. Their all their operations. Everything 
is on. Incorrect. Their heads are up their ass. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, but their heads are, <laughs> but their heads are on the east coast, which are up their own ass. Why Fair. would you start a race after nine p.m. Eastern? I've said this plenty of times, and it gets up my ass. Not everybody stays up until you know eleven, twelve o'clock at night. I know I sound like an old man, but it's like, bro, what time do football games start on on Sunday night football? Uh, seven. Eight. Oh, seven. I believe. I don't, I don't watch a lot it's, of football. I believe it's seven. That's usually the the big sporting event. Uh, one, four, and seven. I think are the times. Yeah, all the time. There's Consistently. The, there's the afternoon, the evening, and the night game. There's like usually one night game. There you go. Yeah. Sorry, Boom. I still watch football. <laughs> I don't watch snuggleball, but that's what I remember. Yeah, and football does yeah. not last as long as NASCAR does. Uh, they did manage to run this one down, though, which was nice because there's been races where I'd be sitting there. It'd be like 11, 11.30 at night. I have to get up at 6 a.m. the next morning. I'm like, this sucks. You know, I want to watch the race. And then it's like, okay, uh, you can watch an hour or two of it, and you're not going to see the end. Sorry about that. Your operations base is the East Coast, and you can't start earlier than well, nine yeah, o'clock. yeah, exactly. A lot of people are going to miss it, so I don't understand. So and it's not even like they're catering to West Coast fans. West Coast fans just get catered to based on the fact that they're over there, and the races start earlier in the day, regardless of where they are. So if they're on the West Coast, that race started at six o'clock. What time did the Xfinity race start? Uh, earlier than that. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thankfully. That was a little better race. That was a little bit better race. The truck race was kind of boring, and I'll get into Las Vegas later, but uh, it's something that we usually don't like to talk about. Uh, Las Vegas, let's see, Xfinity race. It was a little bit better, but I had a little bit of a sticking point immediately. Uh, like two or three laps in, John Hunter Nevichek drove over Parker Kligerman, spun him out for no reason, and... Uh, and then I got a hair across my ass about Kevin Harvick because he said, well, maybe he was frustrated about how he was raced earlier in the race. I'm like, what, two laps ago? That gives him an excuse to go just spin the guy out? What did he do? <laughs> he didn't even show if he if he ran him up or raced him bad or whatever. It's like, okay, so that means that if you get pissy about, oh, he ran me too close, I'm going to go spin him out? You're stupid. John Hunter doing John Hunter things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't surprise me. In if the you're going to say something like that, you better have a replay queued up. Yeah. Please. Because if you're going to explain it that way, you better prove it. Because but we're not dealing with professional stupid. announcers. Only Mike Joy's professional. Correct. Uh, Josh Berry. He came from the back with a bunch of other drivers. I know a bunch of guys had to start in the tail. I think Kyle Bush was in this race, too. He was in the Colleague 10 car, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yes. weird seeing him in a colleague car. Did not expect that. I wanted to see Landon Castle in that car, but is oh, colleague well. affiliated with Richard Silders? Yes, they there, are. On, they are on the, the same campus. There's a connection. I actually visited RCR last year, and I was like, "Oh, they there's colleague racing right next door, on oh. the same campus." Hello, neighbor. Yeah, they're on the. They have a bunch of different teams on the same campus. It's pretty neat. I went to see the museum. Pretty cool. Um, let's see here. Again, Josh Berry, he came from the back. He spun pretty early on, had to start it all over again. Uh, but the ensuing restart, Justin Allgaier was issued a penalty on the restart for going below the line before the start-finish line. Or 
I know I've seen people do that, but usually at Phoenix, uh, because it's in a corner. But that's kind of a not only a, I don't know if it's really a dumb rule because you're not really up to speed yet. But it's like no, Justin Allgaier had to be explained the rule hmm. on the radio. Okay, because he he didn't understand it. Change lanes, right? Yeah, he can't change lanes. I think before the line, right? It's before the line on the restart. Right. We still we have that same rule in SRL. Yeah, you got to wait until you pass the start line in order to change lanes, regardless of what lane it is, even if you go below the apron. I believe, correct? And Phil is gone. (laughs) He has tapped out. That's probably the 17th poop reference for today. He will return when he's done, and we might be done before him. So, <laughs> No, we won't. No, we won't. All right, so uh, let's see here. It's too bad he doesn't have Bluetooth headphones. He can't take us with him. Um, let's see. Kyle- <laughs> I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> no, I just wanted to hear him or have him listen to. Oh, okay, he can still hear us. Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Kyle Busch came from the back. Well, at least we don't have to smell it. <laughs> to the lead at halfway. I feel bad for Jimmy. Oh, this is the episode we put out with his tribute on it. I feel so bad. <laughs> but this is uh, this is right on par for us. But uh, let's see. Kyle Busch came from the back to the lead at halfway, but Chandler Smith, he was a surprise. He put it to these guys all day. He was in the colleague 16 car. And it looked like another boring race until, like, a lap to go. This one actually had a decent finish, and it didn't finish under yellow. They actually had to race it out. Austin Hill and Justin Allgaier, who rebounded from that penalty, caught him, and uh, they both got by him on the last lap, coming to the white, and Allgaier got him going into one. Hill made a move to the bottom off turn four, coming to that white flag, outpaced Allgaier and Smith to take the dramatic win late. Yeah, it looks like he got tight. Mm. Looks like he just lost a nose, and and that was that was it. He just couldn't hold the car down to the bottom anymore. I wonder if he was, was just kind of being a younger racer and not taking care of his stuff just enough. You know what I mean? It just just wore out at yeah. the wrong point. It's a good question. It's, it's something tough. that's really hard to learn because I know I equate a lot of stuff to iRacing, but like when you do short track stuff on iRacing and you do that stuff, like big track stuff, you run an Xfinity car at a bigger track, like a mile and a half. It's so much different, like trying to learn how to save tires and how to run lines. And it, you learn a lot psychologically, even if it doesn't completely translate into the real world. It's very interesting to try to do that. And it's a big difference. So, um, yeah, it was a second win out of three races, I believe, for Austin Hill. And he's really off to a fast start. Ugh, that was kind of a pun, and I hate it. So... That was probably the best Vegas race all weekend, uh, except for when they tried to make the cup race dramatic, and it really kind of wasn't. <laughs> but I'm going in chronological order here because we got to break up the monotony of in, of uh, Vegas with the IndyCar race at St. Pete. They had their season opener at St. Petersburg, Florida. I believe, what is that, like half airport runway and half side streets or some shit? Yeah, it's located next to... Is it located next to an army base or something? Or it's an industrial park or something yeah. like that. I don't know. No, that's Las Vegas. Really. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Uh, there was some nasty wrecks in this thing. They wadded up like six cars <laughs> right off the bat. Arca breaks weekly. Oh, Jesus. Guys were... flying in the air. 
there were guys snow plowing each other, dump trucking it. <laughs> I'm so happy for the Halo. Oh yeah. I mean, I love that thing. I really don't. I, I'm really glad that it's there, or else we would have seen some headless race car drivers. I don't want to see. Did that. you see the? There was somebody taking a video after the race of I think the car that went under. I don't remember. It was a red car who went under the other guy, and there is a streak all the way up the front and all the way over the halo. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, that is bad. That could have been a hug, gully. Somebody would have been picking up a helmet with a head still in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't want people to think that racers drive more aggressively or more recklessly just because there's more safety devices implemented. That I could, think they do. That could be the case. But you don't want to crash <laughs> as a racer. Well, you want to race well, as a racer. And this race had a ton of crashes in it. The multi-car crashes, too. A lot of them. And these are cars that don't like contact. The contact usually is frowned upon in an open-wheel car. Yeah. So what is this going to say in the future uh, as a precursor to the Chicago street race for NASCAR? All street races are trash, and yeah. I hate all of them. Yeah, none of them are any good. <laughs> no, they're never really any good. They're usually wreck fests that don't offer any real value. It's just going to be way cars in the tire barrier left and right, especially with NASCAR guys mm-hmm. who race like assholes. <laughs> race like absolute. There's give and take in IndyCar because you have to. Did if you, you don't, see... you're going to get crashed. Okay. In NASCAR, it's now, it's now encouraged. To go fuck the guy up. Did you see the clash at the Coliseum? Uh huh. It's going to be worse than that, I think. Yeah, (laughs) with ninety uh, degree turns, you're just going to send the guy off into the into the bus station down the street. Going to wake up the homeless guy on the bench. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's just going to be bedlam. The Chicago race is going to be a shit show. And I can't wait so that oh, they never my. do it again because this no, is they've got at least they're going to do it for at least two or three years probably with Chicago. <sighs> uh, they do things with with that kind of deal in the Coliseum. They do those things in a, with a lease. Perfect. So it's going to be a couple wait. of years. I can't wait. It's going to be horrific, and I'm going to laugh every single moment of it. You know what? I hope it succeeds. I hope it's good. I hope they shut us up, to be fair. Oh, yeah. I want but, it to succeed. I, you know, I, I want to see a good show. But we are all students of history. We're a little jaded. A bit. A bit. A bit. But, I'm glad uh, to know that I'm not the reason these episodes are two and a half hours long. No. You add to it. <laughs> Minimally. But, a little bit. But yeah, in that first really giant crash, uh, or was it the second one Jack Harvey got hurt? Oh, he was involved in the second big wreck. There was, was another. He the one that tried to launch to the moon? Uh, one of them? I'm not sure. Was but he, pink car? He was, in a, he was in the 30 car. I think it was a reddish car, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, he might have been the one to go up over the top. And no, the that, car, that, that car launched. kept going. That was. Um, Shoot, I can't remember the name. It was on the tip of my tongue. But De Francisco? No. No, it was the twenty seven. I can't remember his damn name. But anyway. Uh that car actually kept going. They kept racing. No, Jack Harvey was involved in the second big wreck. He was shaking up pretty bad. It took him a long time to get out of the car. And they just loaded him in the ambulance. They're like, No, you're going to the hospital, sir. 
So they took him to the hospital out of an abundance of caution. He got beat up pretty good in that wreck, though. Probably worried about his back the way the thing landed. Uh, he was flat on the ground. He never left the he never left the air. I think he made impact with him with he's someone else gonna, and the wall. It doesn't. Yeah, that car that the the car that launched in the second wreck just kept going. They fixed the nose piece and just sent him back out there, um, which was kind of funny. Uh, that led to towards the end of the race, they had cycled pit stops, and Roman Grosjean uh, he led a ton of this race, and Scotty McLaughlin was challenging him for the lead past the halfway point. They would swap it. Uh, at about lap 72 of 100, they made contact after pit stop cycles, which we'd spoken of earlier, uh, sending both of them into the tire barrier and out of the race. Grosjean was not happy and obviously doesn't understand that this isn't Formula One and you can't whine your way into a rule change. Uh, McLaughlin, to be fair, owned up to it, said it was kind of dumb, shouldn't have made the move, it was a mistake. You move on. And we already talked about it. We already talked about it. So I can understand why McLaughlin did it, but, you know, I've been in that situation where it's like, oh, crap, I just screwed up, you know? So you just got to kind of own it and you move on. With Grosjean's retirement, that was uh, all four Andretti cars out of the race. Ouch. Yeah, they kept showing Michael Andretti on the pit wall, and he was beside himself. He's like, first Formula One wants all my money. Now all my cars crash. Stay in IndyCar, Michael. Don't don't bother. IndyCar's better. Or sports cars. You could do sports cars, Sports too. cars, too. That's fine. We like sports cars. Uh, let's see here. Potato Award assumed the lead, which is his nickname that we have given him. Affectionately. Affectionately, yes. it is. He's the only Irish-Mexican guy I know of that's actually just all Mexican. Yeah. So... <laughs> You don't hear a lot of people with the name O'Ward as I've come from Central America. Anyway, uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like, uh, what's, the, what's that meal you eat on St. Patrick's Day? Bangers and mash? No, uh, uh, corned beef and hash. Corned beef and cabbage? Corned beef and cabbage. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know what a corned beef and cabbage burrito, burrito tastes like. I bet you it's amazing. <laughs> we can make that. No, thank you. No refried beans, though. No refried beans. It'd probably just be like a Reuben wrap. You've been on the bathroom enough today. (laughs) I've been in the bathroom enough in the last four days. I lost 10 pounds, man. Uh, Half of it came out of my brain. All right. Oh, Ward led until four to go when his car died off of turn four. I think it hit boost cut. Uh, And that delay allowed Marcus Erickson to pounce and take over the lead. And he led the final three laps to the end to win the season opener. Nothing like it falling into your lap, huh? Well, he was the best of the rest. Everybody else crashed. You got to be there at the end. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You got to play to win. So, Mm -hmm. all right. That's cool. I'm glad IndyCar is back. And uh, I look forward to watching them more. I really got to make it a point to just catch the IndyCar races. Yeah, Yeah. I got to put the notifications on my phone for YouTube TV when that comes up so that I can watch it. All right, why don't we finalize this thing with Cup Series at Vegas? I'm waiting for the sounds. Okay, early on, Joey Logano. Hail Satan! It is, isn't it? <laughs> Expect those drops. 
all the time. <laughs> he got squeezed into the wall off a of turn four by ex-teammate Brad Keselowski when they were three wide. And he went for a ride down the front stretch infield. Boy, when he got lift off, that was a bit hairy. <laughs> we are punchy at this point. <laughs> I thought I was going to flip over and he'd be on his lid. <laughs> it's okay. There's plenty of grass up there now. He was He was going to pay for that. You got it, sucker. <laughs> you cocksucker. That was funny. <laughs> All right. If you don't uh, know who Chip Chipperson is, you got to go find out. <laughs> <laughs> is that a compound media thing? Uh, no, Jim Norton. Oh, Jim Norton. So it's just it's a friend. free. It's just a friend. Free. Of the you show. can. You can. <laughs> yeah. All right. So as soon as he got his hair back in order, he dropped out of the. <laughs> He dropped out of the... We're giving a guy shit for trying to like be happier with how he looks. This is awful. <laughs> like, ah, uh, yeah, screw you, buddy. <laughs> screw you for being happier. Embrace your ugliness. Yeah, take it like a man. <laughs> be ugly. Joey Logano, quote of the week. Yeah. Frick. Frick. Isn't that what he said? It's what he always says. Is that what he said? No frick. He, he says frick. What a square. Fuck him. All right, um... Let's see. <laughs> yeah, he broke the suspension in the right rear. They couldn't fix it in time. He went behind the wall, out of the race. Uh, race was pretty boring until four to go, and Eric Almirola mysteriously put it in the turn three wall, and NASCAR threw a very fast yellow. Well, they got sideways, and NASCAR saw smoke, and they were hovering handed over the button, it seemed like. like, please, God, make this interesting, because I was with them. I yeah. was like, please, well, God, you, make this interesting. Did you guys happen to see what happened? Yeah, I, I saw an in-car, and, and he just got sideways His at the wall. dumbass almost over, ran over uh, Cody Ware, so he jacked on the brakes, and it got sideways, and he put himself in the wall. Was and then he... he started screaming about Cody Ware, going, what the hell was that guy doing? Uh, was he just bored, or did he forget how to drive? Oh, he never I, knew. <laughs> yeah, it, his racecraft is Helen Keller level. It, no, Eric Almirola was always... If you can't see out of the front of your windshield, then what the fuck are you doing in a race he car? He doesn't look past his hood pins. He was always the guy who... Um, what's the term I'm looking for here? Sorry, I'm punchy, but... Great kid, does not need to be a race car driver. I mean, that's a good one. Blind Squirrel, that's who Eric Almirola is. Yes. Good enough to make a car go around a racetrack, but not good enough to win unless it falls in his lap. Um, and does dumb shit all the time. He should have retired two years ago and went back to Miami and just enjoyed his life. All right. Um, after, so NASCAR threw that yellow. Farton Truex stayed out, and the Hendrick cars took two tires. And uh, by Hendrick cars, I don't include Josh, Josh Berry because he was – he had problems. He had problems. They said they had issues. We'd mentioned it. Uh, let's see. William Byron got by on the restart, took the two Hendrick cars with him, uh, teammates, I mean, uh, and he swept both the stages, dominated the race, and won. Hendrick got a 1-2-3. Uh, Josh Berry filling in for Chase Elliott, finished P-29. Ryan Priest struggled again because... A.J. Allmendinger spun his shit coming off of two from the top side, came all the way to the bottom and directly in his path, where Ryan T-boned him half a lap from the finish. 
Ryan yeah, it was Ryan running at that point. He finished, I think, twenty third. But then again, all the Fords sucked all day. Uh, Stuart Haas sucked all day, except for Kevin Harvick, yeah. who Joey Logano had the pole. Maybe finished in the but top ten, but in, maybe during not during the race. He he sunk like a stone. Yeah, as soon as there was traffic, the Fords <laughs> straight backwards. Well, they were probably all trimmed out for speed on qualifying. They don't have. Uh, they don't race next to other cars well. Well, when I was listening to Danny Hamlin, he was talking about the aero numbers. Hmm. Chevy's got the best. Toyota's like second best. Ford doesn't have a lot of. Uh, what do you call it? Not really drag, but downforce or whatever. Hmm. They don't have a lot in the rear. As far as that's concerned, there's not a lot of drag to the Ford, so they could be faster on the pole. Okay, but they don't have they don't have the they they don't have the drag as much drag. They have low drag, but they also not a don't lot have downforce. a lot of downforce. So it's that's kind so of so they weird. lack rear stability. They yeah they lack that kind of stability. It's fat. They're fast all by themselves or or in a, on a plate car. So basically, like I said, they can't run next to somebody when there's turbulent air. But on a mile and a half. They're going to be in trouble. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, William Byron picked up his win. I saw, you know, those, you know, how Noah Gregson had that gigantic hat on pit road? Yeah. The Wendy's hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, William Byron had one for his sponsor, the gigantic hat. There was somebody on <laughs> some fucking boomer on Facebook. They should outlaw that hat. <laughs> and someone replied to him. Go away, Captain uh, Captain Fun Police. <laughs> Go away. You're not fun. You can't speak to the manager. Now stop. Yeah, be quiet, please. All right, I'm out, I'm kind of out of notes, but I do want to mention one thing. I got I got uh, tagged in on Twitter, which is kind of weekly uh, related, and it was the Port Royal Speedway payouts. I just want to mention this just for the sheer wow factor of it. All right. Just announced at the driver's meeting, Port Royal Speedway, which is in Pennsylvania. Uh, let's see here. For 2023, the 410 sprints are going to receive, drum roll please. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should have cued him on that one. Uh, we don't have one, do we? Oh, Phil's doing one. All right. $5,000 to win a weekly race for the 410 sprints. Isn't that massive? That's pretty good. That's insane. That's pretty damn good. Thousand bucks for tenth place, five hundred bucks to start, and two hundred dollars to tow. If you don't make the race, you get two hundred bucks. Ain't bad. Super late models, four grand to win, four hundred bucks to start, and the same tow fee. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. So, yeah, dirt racing, miles ahead if you have the money uh, to run one of these expensive-ass dirt cars. Thumbs up from me. So, Well, you say expensive-ass dirt cars. I'll say this. Thunderstocks is turning into probably one of the best divisions of race car around. Thunderstocks, pure stocks. And it's just a metric car. Okay. They just had a $20,000 to win race at Hendry County down the road. There's a $5,000 to win race coming up here. You can travel all over the place, go to whole different racetracks and race for anywhere between five and 20 grand. Hmm. That's not bad for cheap, one of those cars. Cheap ass car. But this is like weekly money. You know what I mean? 
granted yeah, no, a nowhere I'll pay you that for no I mean granted a 410 sprint is essentially an outlaw car so if you wanted to go on tour with the outlaws you could do that uh super late models you could probably go with those guys on tour with whatever ones they have because I'm sure they have at least two different super late model dirt tours so I mean a weekly pure stock race is still 1200 bucks so what the frick are we still doing here I'm making, know, right? I'm making 350 bucks if I win. These guys are making it if they tow. <laughs> God damn it. We need uh, to move. Yeah. I got to get back on hey, dirt. I won't be shy about the fact that I'm looking for a roller. <laughs> I am uh, ready to hit the dirt. I was born there, and I'll die there. I'm ready to sleep in the dirt. <laughs> you already wrote your notes about it. I got five tracks within a... Uh, hour and a half of me so i am now out of notes because uh it's still not weekly season so there ain't a heck of a lot going on and i don't watch flow enough to discuss points and it's still an hour and a half long hour and 45 anyway you can okay. find <laughs> you can find trying this. to be optimistic or modest or hey we're we're not two and a half hours right now we're actually doing pretty good here you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can go send us some feedback to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com. You can even have your voice heard, which no one ever does, at anchor.fm slash Making Laps. You can find me. Call us. Yeah, do it. You can do it from your cell phone. If you have a smartphone, which literally everybody has, you can do it. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrentGleason01. You can (laughs) you can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash BrentGleason. I forgot to push that earlier, but I will have a new video coming out soon. Uh, You can find Phil at at PJX Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can find Jesse here, I guess. Hello. He's here. See, look, there he is. Oh wait, it's not a visual podcast. You can find me having an emotional day today. (laughs) What? Emo kid. (laughs) All right, boy. How do we do the end of the show? And please do it nicely. Keep the dirt set down and stay on the fence. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. (laughs) 